Welcome to the Kingless Generation. I'm your host, Fergal Schmudlock. A quick supplement to the podcast of yesterday. Uh, so the, the disadvantage of my shooting bit from more from the hip, fuck it, we'll do it live, uh, is that I don't get a chance to go over my words and change things and decide exactly what, maybe cut things or something. Uh, but that's okay. Hey, why don't I just uh, record a supplement and keep going? Because I, w- I kept thinking, kept remembering that I used the phrase sort of dead husks of revolutionary thought to talk about religions. And, you know, that's not, um, that's not quite what I want to say. Uh, although I will say, uh, w- is it so bad? If you, if you know me, uh, for thought to be alive, for thought to be dead, what does this mean? This is a relative thing to begin with. And it doesn't Jesus say anyway, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it will yield a rich harvest. And there's some kind of thing there about the vanguard and the masses, I think, ultimately for me. That's what I see. Uh, Or you could also go with faith without works is dead. And objectively, with every, every great world religion sort of really does begin with people struggling for better material conditions in some way. And then at some point, some proportion of its adherents fall into a kind of meaningless, kind of dead, uh, just manner, mannerism of the, of the thing, right? Uh, you could go with Vlad, right? What is now happening to Marx's teaching has in the course of history happened repeatedly to the teachings of revolutionary thinkers and leaders of oppressed classes struggling for emancipation. During the lifetime of great revolutionaries, the oppressing classes constantly hounded them, received their teachings with the most savage malice, the most furious hatred, and the most unscrupulous campaigns of lies and slander. After their death, attempts are made to convert them into harmless icons, to canonize them, so to say, like a saint, right? and to surround their names with a certain halo for the consolation of the oppressed classes, and with the object of duping the latter, while at the same time emasculating the essence of the revolutionary teaching, blunting its revolutionary edge, and vulgarizing it. And hasn't that happened to many systems of thought and action that are aimed at bettering uh, the state of humanity? And although... uh, let me say, officer, I love following all the rules all the time. I would never break a rule. And definitely do not break, do not commit a crime. Do not break laws. Uh, there's no faster way to get yourself taken out of commission, out of the struggle, and you'll be useless. So be real about that. But uh, as, as Black uh, Redguard said, whether you break a rule or not, uh, re- recently BRG just said, uh, you know, if you become a communist, the first thing to do is to resign yourself to the inevitability of your own violent death and then get to work. Uh, that's kind of true. You might, if you look, the more you look at history, you know, there's not, you should be, you should expect that. Um, and, and, to be, and even if you don't do shit, you know, what's going to happen going forward in our world today with climate change and world war looming and um, ruling class plans for mass depopulation outside their uh, smart city green zones, heavily surveilled and uh, monetized, financialized every atom that moves inside that. What's, how are you, what, uh, what are what kind of life are you going to, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah. Um, each of us has only so much time in our life to live, and, and we must decide how to use it. That is a great 
uh, basic religious point as well. But back on vanguard and masses, you're going to have uh, always you have to have some kind of uh, vanguard, perhaps. Well, to begin with, Marx and Engels, the thing that's really unique about them, isn't it, that they there was there were socialists in their time who were very idealistic and they had they said we're very smart people who have all these designs and plans for the perfect society and we're waiting for a kind philosopher king who will use his power to enact these plans for us basically they imagined a, a top down development and marx and engels actually are very innovative in imagining that actually no the as the Productive forces, perhaps, or and or just um, do productive forces come into conflict with the means of production, the means of production um, and with the division of labor in society. The means of production sort of develop to a certain level and automation, really, in modern parlance, right? In the parlance of our times, uh, it's automation. And as automation proceeds, then eventually you don't need to have... No, nobody needs to have a different relationship to production than anyone else. Therefore, class society is no longer necessary. And that, the agent of that change is going to be, uh, for Marx, the working class. Um, although he had a lot to say about the peasantry, as I was saying, right? And that anticipates a lot of Maoist thought as well. That um, I'm also just a baby lear learning that as well, but uh, I really want to get into it. And I hope to do so with you here on uh, the kingless generation. But so there, there's this idea that... Um, I, I, so therefore, uh, it will be bottom-up. We, we do expect bottom-up changes, and that's where power comes from. That's where uh, revolutionary change can really begin to happen, is when you have everyone kind of supporting... Ma mass support, a mass base. This is the mass line, right? Now, our class enemies understand that, and that's why they designed the Internet and they designed social media, uh, you know, as, as a great man said, uh, to sort of reverse engineer a Maoist reading group and make people sort of uh, do this, this work of talking out theory and uh, extracting theory from the masses, extracting thought from the masses, that knowledge that is, that is always accumulating but then misdirecting it, misdirecting it, not actually using it to help you understand your conditions and realize how to better them, which is what an actual vanguard should be doing. Listening to the masses, what are they telling you about their situation? What are they saying about their situation? And I, you know, people who have time to listen to this podcast and be thinking about this will be vanguard in some way, right? And then people who have are more desperate, have no time at all, you know, they're going to be... Uh, a, a more mass element, right? And there's going to be a continuum and all of this, and you can probably go back and forth all the time. Uh, it's not. Opposites are are one uh, sometimes. But ideally, there should be an echo effect. You, you hear from the masses something, you refine that thought, and you uh, develop it, and then put it back, right? Put it back into the mass uh, consciousness, and then that echo effect will actually grow and you'll actually get um, mass democratic movement growing. And, uh, you know, religion, we imagine a religion being uh, some great religious teacher says things and then they, they get, uh, they change the world in some way. 
And there's an element of that, but also, of course, all of the, even the holy books of, of the Gospels, the Quran, even, is not written down until uh, a while after the Prophet Muhammad is gone. Uh, and it's sort of like, oh, yeah, we knew. actually during his lifetime, it seems like the first hundred years or so of Islam looks like an anarchist commune or something. It looks like a, a egalitarian, decentralized society that's spreading out. There's very little evidence actually of massacres and things. It's actually not relatively peaceful kind of conquest. And there are not mosques, I, I, as I understand it, um, right? I haven't read a lot of books on this, but... Uh, there are not mosques yet, and, and that's something that comes later, and writing down the Quran comes later, and then writing down the Hadith, which is the sayings of the Prophet that would help us to interpret the, the original text and all of this, right? So you get, you get those problems later on, but actually before the, the idea of oh, the text and then interpreting the text and, and so on, right? The words of the, the Prophet or the founder or whatever... Uh, actually, before that, there's a process of selecting the words of the prophet and the founder that he actually might have said, right? And uh, the people, the masses, sort of take from that what they want to take from it. I think you can definitely see that in the Gospels. Uh, the sayings of Jesus contain things that kind of sound like is somebody sort of softening what he was really saying. Because there's a lot of things there where he'll say something pretty radical and extreme, you know, like sin, whether you break a rule or not, is not the most important thing, right? That would be a very radical kind of thing, but then they stick in something to sort of calm you down. So from a revolutionary theory point of view, we would talk about vanguard versus the masses. You know, the idea that there's some kind of vanguard. And I would point you, if you want to learn, get a real genius brain about this, uh, Cosmopod. Cosmonaut Magazine's podcast uh, has a reading of the audio, an audiobook of Lars T. Liz, uh, Lenin's Rediscovered, which goes through what is to be done in its context and really breaks down uh, a lot of misunderstandings. There's a, there is a new scholarly consensus. It's not just this one guy saying this, but there's a new scholarly consensus that there was a great misunderstanding of, of Lenin that was promoted, saying that he was he somehow had given up on democracy, given up on the idea of, of from the below from the bottom up, and that's why he prescribes democratic centralism. No, not at all. That is not at all what he could ever possibly have meant, given the other things that he was always writing at the time and before and after. And it, it takes you through all of that in incredible detail. I can't recommend that enough. So that would be more of what I'm talking about uh, when, you know, if the vampire hunters would like to get a little bit, get out of that thing where he's saying sort of, uh, because if you, if all learning about all these ruling class um, organizing and parapolitics and stuff, if what it does to you is make you retreat into your shell, uh, right, then how are you different from Chapo, basically, after the Bernie loss, uh, telling people to take the grill pill and just... You know, just uh, check out, right? You're not you're not different there. You know, there's some of the some of the more extreme kind of followers of that. Uh, the vampire hunters that I've seen online are get convinced that everyone they interact with online is literally a demon, literally demons, folks, or whatever. Yeah, uh, literally. And 
Yeah, and they eventually like lock their account, deactivate their account, just panic, just go um, shell shock uh, completely, right? So that's not going to work. Um, so there has to be some kind of dialogue with uh, the masses. The knowledge grows in the masses, and they will teach you. If you reach out, that's what you should do. I didn't say that this time either. Um, when you listen to this podcast, I hope I can tell you, reach out to someone around you who is... Um, in the working class, a peasant, uh, if you have any of those around, right? If you don't have any of those around, don't don't try to cre- um, pretend that you do, uh, right? That's a, that's a mistake that some people have made. But uh, yeah, um, reach out, reach out to a worker, check out, you know, what do people need? Uh, how can I help? Right? Uh, there's a great series. I was hesitant to sort of name podcasts on the sort of uh, uh, side that perhaps I've would identify with more than the um, parapolitics and vampire hunters uh, left, uh, but you're listening to a podcast right now, so fuck it. You know, there's another podcast. Podcast that I would point you to would be uh, Rev, Rev Left Radio, uh, Red Menace. Red Menace. You can read uh, great sort of revolutionary theory. Uh, it's a great. You can get a genius brain, and you can do it while you're working, while you're driving your DoorDash. Or Uber, perhaps well, probably between customers, maybe <laughs> keep it. Uh, but then while you're cooking on the line, right? You know, line cook. Uh, any line cooks out there? Um, yeah. And Rev Left Radio just recently had a really great series on how to reach out to people and talk to people who might be uh, on the right. And you know, conspiracy. If I'm being honest, that is a uh, great topic to kind of get into class consciousness. With someone, you know, and it's something that people on the right, because listen, uh, th- there are certain things that are getting branded right wing, things that are really essential and tools to the left, like class consciousness, critique of capital, this sort of thing. Uh, deliberately, the media, this is a great strategy of counterinsurgency and media manipulation, is to put all that on the right and brand it right wing, shit code it, right? Um, this is what parapolitics. Uh, people are great about understanding what a shit code is. You you make something look horrible to a liberal, right? A liberal will see, hear, start hearing something about ruling class organizing, and they'll say that's a conspiracy theory. Um, you know, I don't know, and that is gonna, uh, yeah, it'll turn them off because of that branding, right? They'll be fooled by that. Uh, but you may be able to find receptive people, people who will, you know, don't don't. Uh, put up with uh there's no need to be too conciliatory toward anybody who's who's too far to the right in 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 a genuine way right um but you can there's so many people who are reachable there's so many people who are reachable and and that's why you don't lead with some some crazy stuff either right uh brett on uh brett on rev left was talking about this too right so i'd I'd direct you to that um maybe um yeah, both sides of this kind of uh, conversation that I'm imagining, I would recommend, I would propose that you check that out and talk to people, organize in whatever kind of way. Someone who's like you, someone who's not like you at all, right? In some ways, just reach out to your neighbor, reach out to your neighbor, communicate, talk, connect. That is actually something that the enemies do not want us to do. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted to say, right? Like it's... Um, 
I am very much so. I I also I used to be a tradcath. In fact, that's a fact. Uh, from about high school to through undergrad, I did Greek, Latin, Hebrew in in undergrad. I'm gonna dox myself pretty bad here, but I mean the feds will fucking know anyway. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, and then I I came to Japan in a remote mountain village and spent three years there. And by the end of my time there, I, my kind of tradcath worldview had really broken down uh, quite a lot just from the reality of like a totally different worldview that is livable and human and people are born and, lo- and fall in love and uh, love their families and they die and, and, and so on. And they don't have, there's nothing to do with uh, Abrahamism or whatever. So kind of got over that, but you know, I, I dig it. I get it. I like uh, religious thought. I like vision. I like faith, hope, love, right? Uh, I like these things. I want to encourage that. Uh, let's have that for sure. And let's also have knowledge of uh, what the enemies of uh, humanity are doing. And maybe I should say class enemy, but I, I think enemy of humanity at this point is pretty uh, a- accurate as well. Uh, right. We, there's, you could get into with this, you could get into the question of changing human nature. Should a socialist movement be thinking about engineering a new human being? Should we be making a new human being? There's a great text by Che Guevara about this, actually. Uh, and yeah, on some level that there has to, I mean, it has to go hand in hand with changing material conditions. I don't think there's, you know, that would be a way of just retreating into your shell and becoming idealistic isn't it? And and you wouldn't accomplish much, I don't think, if you just try to like change your heart. And, and that was the whole thing about the 60s, the hippie movement, the hippie culture, the misdirection there was, let's all just tune on, tune in, turn on, drop out. We'll all get way cool all by ourselves. And then somehow the revolution will just like spontaneously erupt once our hearts are right. We get we get right with God or whatever. Uh, no, no, that's, the way, that's not how that's going to happen. It's going to be dialectically, you know, linked to material, changing material conditions, just as it is for the ruling class. This is exactly what Gladio and MK Ultra. this is changing human nature. They are changing human, and, and in that sense, they are the enemies. Um, enemies of, they are enemies of humanity as well. Uh, changing human nature to make us uh, fight, to make us greedy, to make us atomized, to make us suspicious and hate each other right and and fight each other right uh the strategy of tension that's what this is this is an engineering a new human being if you leave human beings alone they are cooperative they love each other they make communities this is what natural human beings do and you know although uh the as graber and wengro would remind you you know this is there are cycles of this and it's maybe happened many times uh, but there's a huge, there's a really huge cycle right now, the biggest one yet, as far as I know, uh, of class uh, struggle that has started about uh, 6,000 years ago. And we're at the crescendo point of it right now, aren't we? And that has involved the domestication of some human beings by other human beings. And you, when you domesticate an animal, you change it quite a lot. Just by just by making people peasants, they they change people quite a lot, isn't it? Uh, and yeah, uh, Gladio MK Ultra. This is changing them even more. This is making them uh, 
So that's another thing you can say when people when people say, "Oh, Marx and Marx never thought of uh, about human nature." It violates human nature to create a society where people don't compete and don't uh, slit each other's throats and monopolize resources and all the rest of that, right? No, uh, that that that's artificial. That's the artificial thing. If you look at the whole history of humanity, that's the thing that is artificial. Right. Or at least it's just as artificial and we can choose. We can choose. And it's just that there are powerful people around who are choosing to engineer deliberately a, a divided and uh, class uh, hierarchicalized uh, humanity. And we can change that. Right. And there are enemies of humanity. They're out there. Right. And we got to know what are they doing? So uh, that's what I had to say. That's a little supplement right there. So. Have a great, uh, yeah, it's fucking Wednesday here in Tokyo, but it'll be earlier, other places maybe. Um, we're right, just right west of the international date line, so it's always kind of in the future over here. But uh, although most times it really feels more like the past. So with that, I have anointed you with the anointing of the kingless generation. Hello hano ahulili ahelili pahako hiala ike kau mau ole ia ika ohu kau kuahiwi